0: Truth needs a hero. We are the spyFi guys, and this is clear and present danger. Welcome to the spyFi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian,
1: and I'm Zach
0: and welcome to our fiftieth episode. Wow. Can you believe it's been fifty episodes?
1: It's felt like fifty episodes. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to make it this far. I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> now, this is 50, not including our Microdot episodes, right?
1: Yeah, and not including special bonus episodes like the 13 Days yeah, and so. maybe some other ones. So, mm-hmm.
0: For our 50th episode, we're covering Clear and Present Danger. And to cover another Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy movie, we brought back our Tom Clancy fanboy, Lance.
2: Guys, nice and congratulations on the 50th episode. Thanks. That's Fantastic.
0: We are covering the second Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movie.
2: I will tell you that I remember
1: bits and pieces of it, probably from having seen parts of it on TNT or USA or (laughs) TBS or one of those networks. One
0: of those dad movie networks.
1: That's right. And this is a throwback to a time kind of like the old Star Trek movies when your hero could be over 45.
0: (laughs) Hey, Tom Cruise is what? Pushing 60-something now, and he's still a hero.
1: Tom Cruise is an exception.
2: Keanu Reeves?
1: Hmm, that's true. (laughs) I'll
2: just throw out there that I'm 50, so.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, Lance, you're the fanboy. This is like a movie made for you. Exactly. You're also a dad, just like Jack Ryan is.
2: Exactly. Except I don't watch the USA network though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
0: got to be I different. mean, does anyone really watch any of those?
2: I just wanted to stick up for USA for a
1: second cuz it had Burn Notice, which oh, had 55 it. fans. It. Yeah, yeah. know like oh,
0: And also, what is the other They had another spy show on there, um Covert Affairs. Covert
2: Affairs. Affairs. I enjoyed it.
0: So, actually Lance, I know that the timeline is wonky in terms of the books versus movies. When was this supposed to take place?
2: Like when we were talking about Patriot Games, how that was actually in the Tom Clancy book timeline that was supposed to take place before Red October. Mm -hmm. Um, This one would actually follow Red October. Uh, Okay. There's actually another book in between it that they never made into a movie called Cardinal of the Kremlin. Ah, yes. So timeline-wise, we're probably in, in the middle.
1: And this is the last Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movie, right?
0: Sad. I mean, because I know that in the in the Clancyverse, you know, he becomes president. So, in my own personal headcanon, Air Force 1 is a
1: sequel to this. <laughs> yeah, I've but heard that before. That Air Force 1 is like a spiritual successor to the Jack Ryan movies yeah. all right this movie's really long and there's a lot to talk about <laughs> so let's get started here all right here's the IMDB plot summary as always cia analyst jack ryan is drawn into an illegal war fought by the u.s government against a colombian drug cartel
0: pretty succinct oh there's like so much more that we will and can and will go into
1: i know twists oh, yeah. and turns and curves and twists again
0: so we start off with like the titles against the title of the movie against the American flag background, and then transitions to being a flag on a boat. They get it's a Coast Guard ship.
1: Because it wouldn't be a Tom Clancy book slash movie without uh, oh, without ships. Excuse. Without me. ships, yeah.
2: yeah. Definitely in the Navy, unless it's a submarine, it's a ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, submarines are considered boats, but in the civilian world, oh. they refer to them as boats.
0: Interesting. The Coast Guards are like is has contact with another boat. And the people on the boat are speaking Spanish. They say, they're they saying, like, put up, a, put up the flag. Coast Guard approaches in a dinghy, board the boat, and they pull the classic Star Trek thing of the, you better come over here and see this.
1: I was about to say that. The line is actually, quote, it's a bad one, which I thought was kind of a cool line. Uh-huh. But this whole opening is like Star Trek, right? <laughs> it's like if it were a Klingon ship and everyone's dead inside, it's like, yeah.
2: Which my favorite part of that whole thing was when they tried to throw the um, Panamanian flag I think it was.
0: Is that what they do? I don't I didn't catch which flag that they were trying to throw up.
2: Because they seriously thought I was like, "Oh, well, even though we've got, you know, clearly United States markings on this ship that if we throw this uh, Panamanian flag somehow that will make everything okay." And it really really wasn't.
0: So we next go to CIA headquarters. Jack Ryan this is our first shot of him. He's entering Greer's office. Greer played by James Earl Jones again.
1: And this guy is totally the Obi-Wan Kenobi in this movie. Because <laughs> he's like, I yeah. need you to take over for me. And then he dies later.
0: Spoiler alert for go be, go be <laughs> the
1: hero, yeah. You're the chosen one. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he says, yeah. He's like, I don't trust anybody else to do this.
0: At this point, he's just asking, you know, how high is the pile on your desk? Okay, And he asks him to start investigating in this hardened stuff. And he says, be discreet. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you'll find out. He's like, oh, come on. Throw the guy a bone here. Warn him if there's something going on that you should be careful about.
2: That's all the fun of it, especially in, in the intel community. It's like, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you busy the next couple months? Oh, <laughs> uh, Why? You'll find out.
1: It's never good news, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, anytime it- you say you'll find out, <laughs> be worried. Yeah. And, and the look that Jack has on his face when, when Gru tells them that, is absolutely priceless because he knows, like, ah, oh, damn it.
0: <laughs> we see Jack driving into a checkpoint and he's like, oh, you know, you know where to go? Like, yeah, oh, where do I park? And he pans over and it's the White House.
1: Where do you park at the White House? Great I question. don't know,
0: just over there. That's what the guard said. Uh. Jack is briefing the president and there's a few other people there and there was blood matching Hardin, his family, and his crew. They were all killed and thrown overboard. And these men have suspected ties to the cartels, to the Kali cartel, not the Median. The Median who we covered in, uh, what was that? What's American, American Aid? Aid, Yes.
1: I was waiting for him to fly by while this movie was happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we noticed one of the other guys there is very familiar to me. And Zach, you might remember him. Kittredge from Mission Impossible.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, that was Robert Ritter, right? Yeah. That was the actor? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Another headcanon. All right. In my mind, this is basically a, pre- a prequel. Like, I, I looked at when they were made. I so said, This is two years before Mission Impossible. Well, he plays pretty much the same role that sort of slimy CIA agent who's like trying to cover up stuff.
2: That actor is great at playing a d- total douche. He he's, really is. Yeah.
0: he He's, isn't he in some show? Or he was at least a few, se- like a, a year or two ago, playing like a this very similar role.
1: You'd love yeah. to hit him. Yeah. So basically, they're like, this hardened guy, who was a friend of the president. He got yeah. murdered. The president's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he was in bed with the cartels. But then he kind of comes around to it.
0: Greer starts coughing, like a loud cough.
1: Oh yeah, and movies, and nobody ever just hit. has a cough. Nope. If you cough in a movie, you're dead.
0: The president, after the meeting, talks with his NSA, advi- or his national security advisor. NSA, oh, was it? I thought it was he was the head of the NSA, but that's different. The national security advisor is a different position. Uh, whose name is cutter and he's talking about the drugs and he's upset and he wants to take action but he can't take action and next we go to the estate of Eduardo or sorry not edward ernesto escobar escobedo i keep wanting to say escobar
1: I, it's because he obviously yeah. is escobar yeah
2: oh it totally he, is he even looks it totally like
0: state is. <laughs> yeah. is located in cali colombia and this man named cortez i was wondering if this was trying to be a callback to red october they don't do it as, as nicely. They start, they start talking in Spanish, and then they just transition to English.
1: Oh, it wasn't clear at all. It wasn't as
0: well done as, like, you know, you zoom in on that one word that's the same in both languages, and the transition over, and they're just speaking English the rest of the time now.
2: No, like, I don't think so. It was very dramatic because you had the, um, the political officer, and he's actually yeah. reading a quote from the Bible. Yeah,
0: and the um, word was, like, Armageddon, was it, the, the transition was on? I, something like that.
2: Yeah, he was he was talking a passage from Revelations.
0: Yep.
2: It's saying that they're doing it in Russian, but like you said, they zoomed in very melodramatically on his mouth, and then at a certain key point he starts speaking English and it backs away from him. So yeah. here they
0: just sort of speaking Spanish and then they just suddenly transition to English. Yeah. And they don't speak Spanish a lot in the rest of the movie. That's mostly just in English. Right. So what we're, they were discussing here that someone talked and the, the money is still out there, basically.
1: I think Escobedo says I killed a thief.
0: Oh, yes. That's right.
1: So he had his men kill the thief. So it was planned. I don't know how they got caught by the Coast Guard. That was kind of dumb or whatever. But anyway, Cortez doesn't seem that important in this scene. Obviously, he becomes more important later. Did he remind you of the bad guy from License to Kill? And I'm not saying that because they're both Hispanic and drug Who
0: who are we talking about? Cortez or Escobedo?
2: Cortez. Oh, definitely Cortez.
1: yeah, yeah, I can see. Thank it. you, Lance.
0: Okay, you know what he is in? He is in. He's in one of the Fast and Furious movies.
1: It always comes oh, back right. to Fast and Furious.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's the villain in Fast Five, which is basically the same role here. That's what. That's so my mind went immediately to that, not to uh, License Skill, which is funny for me not thinking about James
2: Bond first. To your point, Zach, when you were talking about the Coast Guard Intercept, that can actually see that being a real thing, especially if you know, it's some rich, powerful corporate magnate or whatever, basically you're a rich guy.
3: Yeah. If the
2: family's been murdered and whatnot. Um, they, usually when they go out for port, they also uh, will give an estimated time of return. And mm. if they've busted that uh, suspense by you know, a reasonable amount, someone's going to call and be like, hey… We can't find this boat. It could be adrift. Something could be wrong. So I could see the Coast Guard going out and looking for it. And when they find the boat still underway, you know, that may raise some eyebrows. Yeah.
1: So the Makes usual sense. rich people get pirated. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay,
1: so the next part is we're right. at the Lion House.
0: Which is a completely different house. Okay. Because they were, like, in, the, in like, a, here they're, like, in a neighborhood. Last time they were, like, in the middle of the woods in, Annap- like, in Annapolis. Also, I guess their, whole, their last sh- house got, like, shot to hell, didn't it? Pretty much. Okay, It makes sense that they're actually moved.
2: Yeah, and, and if, I'm, if I'm them, uh, do you really want to live in a house where, you know, you've had a bunch of terrorists get killed? <laughs> yeah,
0: so we see Jack Jr. first, really. And I guess that solves the cliffhanger of last movie, if you remember. Totally does. find out whether it was a girl or a boy. Uh, here it's a boy, and he's like, a toddler, maybe? Like
2: I was guessing how three. How old do you think this kid is?
0: Yeah, I was like three years old or so. What? No, yeah, but, no.
2: but Sally hasn't really aged a day. <laughs> True. I thought Sally got <laughs>
1: <But> younger.
0: <laughs> that is the same actress as Sally, right? Yeah, Thora Birch. Okay, that's like she looked the same, but was, like she did look younger, weirdly. I don't know how.
1: Maybe she just acted younger. Also, Thor Birch is in the Dungeons & Dragons movie as the god empress, if I recall correctly. <laughs> anyway. <Okay.
0: laughs> I like that Jack is playing, or Jack Jr., is playing with a submarine toy. He's like, this boat won't float. <laughs> it's
2: not supposed to float. Yeah. Nice, real subtle throwback to reference to Hunt for Red October, I yeah, thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I giggled. Mm-hmm. And we go to Greer in the hospital, and we find out that he's got pancreatic cancer. Right. And so he needs Jack in his office doing his job.
1: He says, have you ever been to the White House? And Jack says, once, I hated it. Was that a reference to a past movie?
2: Or uh, just now? Uh, See, that's what uh, I was
1: wondering. Thank well, you. I, thi-
2: I think it could be, again, depending on how much they're, they're keeping The Hunt for Red October in, when I think when he first went to go brief the national security advisor there, I think that was at the White House.
0: Oh, that's right. And when he like does his like he did it. Oh my god. Yeah. And everyone starts yeah. looking at him. He, yeah. He's
2: like, You son of a bitch and that's slams what it on, was. on yeah. the desk. Yeah. He was like, You've got something to add, Doctor Ryan? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, that. in that case, this line doesn't make any sense. Because why is he talking about, like, once? No, like well, it was, like, he says,
0: and he says more than once.
1: That's oh, what he says more than once? Well, oh. he says
0: once, and then Greer says more than once. Or, and you loved it.
1: Wow, apparently Greer remembers his life better than he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, so back at headquarters, Ryan is made acting deputy director of intelligence. Mm-hmm. And he'll be working with Ritter, Ritter on the Harden case. We find out that Ritter is the deputy director of operations.
1: Yeah, and Ritter is like, basically, we're not going to work with them. We're going to cut them out of this whole thing that we're planning. And even officially, the president doesn't know what they're about to do.
2: Yeah, is isn't all that shocking. Because you, mm-hmm. you have a lot of times where people on the operations side don't want to include the, the intel side. Yeah. Because they think they're better than we are. Uh, <laughs> i sorry. How are they supposed to do anything without intelligence, though? That's our point. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But they, like I said, they think they're better than everybody. My personal opinion.
1: That's a hot page.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that meeting with Ritter and Cutter, yeah, yeah. So Ritter wants a copy of the authorization of the action against cartels, and like he wants that written authorization to cover his ass,
2: which is so smart. Yeah, oh, really absolutely. Like that. Yeah, that was genius on his part. So he starts his
0: operation, which he's named Operation Reciprocity.
1: Mm-hmm. Ritter
0: goes down to Colombia, recruits john clark who is well we yeah. don't know much about john clark here actually
1: not no. here but he's rainbow six so where's yep. my rainbow six movie amazon Where i assume is
0: coming after as if uh the what's that without remorse movie does very well we will get that and considering that the without remorse movie is starring michael b jordan it'll probably do really well
1: so yeah clark um, is like i am in you just pay me he seems well, like totally on board.
0: Not, he's not. He's not on board at first because he's yeah. like he re- realizes this is not congressionally approved, and he's like, "I want my money in my account before we do anything." So he doesn't want to get screwed.
1: Yeah, we should also say that John Clark is played by Willem Dafoe.
0: Oh yes, we didn't
2: really mention that. Yeah,
1: who has apparently never looked young in his entire life.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. this: one, though, out of the different actors, obviously, I haven't seen Michael B. Jordan yet. Yeah. But I think, like, Liev Schreiber also played Clark in the movie, which shall not be named.
3: (laughs) Uh Because I hate it
2: so much. But William Dafoe, actually, to me, having read the books, Uh in my mind, I I could easily see William Dafoe being John Clark.
1: Interesting. All right. Here's here's the thing, though. Obviously, William Dafoe is great, especially as the Green Goblin. (laughs) But the thing about it is with commandos and spies, you want someone who is very generic looking, right? And Willem Dafoe is very distinctive looking.
2: <laughs> you know in, what I mean? But in a very grizzled, rough, tumble, seen some shit he's kind of way. He's not like
0: your classic Hollywood leading man kind of thing. So he's not. He's not, not punk crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it works for me, but it's just kind of funny that you'd recognize Willem Dafoe anywhere. It's hard to ask. <laughs>
0: So next we go to Cortez, who's going through Dulles International Airport, greeted by this woman whose name is Moira. They have this big hug. Mm-hmm. And then we next go to Kathy, who's in a restaurant with, I was like, is Jack one of those other people? But it doesn't look like it. So she's just with, like, her colleagues at, at dinner. And yeah. she sees Moira, who's also in the restaurant, and, like, waves. Kathy comes over to talk to Moira before she could get a glimpse of Cortez, whose name is, what does he say His covers? It?
1: Roberto Londa
2: londa thank you. It always
1: makes me think of Lando,
2: <laughs> the tractor salesman.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a part where she describes him as the Latin Jack Ryan. Yes. <laughs> he seems in better shape than Jack Ryan.
2: Oh,
1: and But it's just the truth. We of hot takes. That's another one. I feel like in
0: this, like in his current age right now, Harrison Ford could probably still kick your ass.
1: That's true, but that's not <laughs> oh, saying <yeah>. much. <laughs>
0: Cortez leaves, you know, the restaurant before Kathy can really get a good look at him. So only sees like a back of his head. Mm -hmm. But we find out that Moira actually works for the FBI. She's like a secretary there.
1: Yeah. And she's at a briefing where they all figure it out. They figure out the whole Hardin connection.
0: Yeah. We go to, speaking of Mission Impossible flashbacks, a floppy disk. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. So we have the tech here. His name is Petey. Jack needs him to break into the disk. And then he gets it like two minutes later. And it was apparently like the wife's birth month, daughter's birthday, and the son's birth year.
1: Yep. Yes, he, he easily hacks in.
0: Yeah, there's a ledger there. I mean, is, again, it's one of those Star Trek moments of like, actually not even Star Trek. It's like this director did this a lot last time, too, where it's like they uncover something and you don't find out what, what it is until the next scene.
1: Yeah, it keeps the audience engaged. We want to find out what's happening.
0: I feel like that was also my, like I was saying, that was also for last week when we were covering Fair Game. They did that a lot as well.
1: Yeah, this movie reminded me of Fair Game a lot, actually.
0: Which is actually interesting that it's like that parallel. Like, it was unintentional where we placed these films, but, and I'll get to at the very end, we'll get to like what I saw, like very interesting parallels.
2: Mm hmm we were talking about the the passcodes and everything like if you think back to when the movie was made which i think was like what 94ish or so 94 yeah yeah cybersecurity wasn't a real big thing back then yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i mean fbi didn't have their like cyber security up well, like branch until what 2002 or so Something Whenever like breach
1: takes place whenever breach takes just, place. I think
0: is 2002 if i remember
1: outrageous i have the same code on my luggage
0: <laughs> <laughs> one two three four five yeah. what what idiot is... would
2: leave his code at that
0: <laughs> here's where we go to fbi headquarters which nice mm. shot of the outside I, I do like that building actually
2: really you're like
0: the gonna...
1: only one in the city who does
0: i know it's well idiot. it's i think it's a cool looking building jack is briefing a task force he says that harden had some really shady dealings including like Partners being partners with the drug cartels, he was laundering money for them, and also at some point in this, it transitions to a meeting into the Oval Office, which I thought was a cool transition.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't think I realized that.
0: Yeah, because at one point he's just doing the task force, and then he's briefing the president. Like he doesn't, they just transition it pretty seamlessly.
1: Yeah, and then this is the part where he gives some free political advice to the president (laughs) about how to spin the story, and then the president takes his advice later.
0: Jack tells the president, all right, don't deny the relationship. So next we go to a outdoor firing range. Also, guess who was here? Agent Coulson.
1: (laughs) I did not see Agent Coulson.
0: Yeah, he's the one who was like on the far left of of the screen, like with the people who were like looking for the sniper. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is probably one of his earliest roles.
1: He was also a soldier in We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson.
0: Yeah. and i think he also plays like an intelligence officer or something in the west wing at some point so again headcanon this is all the same character
1: all right nice so basically what's going on in this scene is there's a sniper who's shooting at a target and they can't find him and they keep trying to find him and they can't get him they then, at one point
0: think they found him but nope they just found his lunch his mcdonald's wrapper
1: yes blatant pride placement there thanks a lot movie
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think what was going on there was probably either at sniper school or um, a training exercise. It could possibly be, you know, that they were trying to put different soldiers in different things because Clark is already there, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like he's trying to like pick his team and is having like different probably snipers go out and do those different exercises,
1: right?
3: And Makes this sense. is
2: and this is where we meet who is very important throughout the books from this point on, Domingo Chavez.
1: Yeah. Wait, he's important for books other than Rainbow Six?
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh, he's extremely important.
1: must have been after I stopped reading the books. But of course, (laughs) he's like the main character of Rainbow Six, basically. And also there is Benjamin Bratt. Yep. Who has been in lots of stuff, but I think I've seen him most recently in Catwoman. How did I know you were going to say Catwoman? (laughs) I haven't seen that many movies with him in it. Doctor Strange? Okay. Moving on a little bit, Ding Chavez is on board. He's so cool. He's so great. President takes Jack's advice and Jack says to his family, hey, the president's taking my advice. They're kind of like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) they have got their own stuff going on. And then this is when Jack is at the hearing in front of Congress and he promises no covert military action.
0: Yeah, there's one senator who's like pushing him hard on this. He's like, I don't know what you mean. I already told you that I want your word. And this is like a private intelligence committee meeting. It's not. There's no public. There's no press there.
2: No, they're probably going over discussing different classified things. Yeah, so, so Jack
0: it, says, like, yeah, I give my word. There's no troops. Nothing. No, no boots on the ground.
2: And then immediately cuts to the troops being inserted
1: <laughs> right into, into the Colombian wilderness, which we always appreciate.
2: Yeah. Which I guess you could. He could technically say, well, when I said it at the time, <laughs> there, there were no in. troops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, he, fifteen minutes after I walked out the door, they happened to be there.
0: Yeah, and so Clark uh, has the team in a helo, and he like takes away their dog tags or anything that could identify them.
2: Mm-hmm. Which that that whole thing kind of irked me a little bit. Oh uh, um, yeah, it makes perfect sense, and that's something that they would do is you know take all the dog tags. That way, if you know one of them gets shot or captured, there's nothing there to identify yeah. them. They just have plain old old school battle dress uniforms on. So what's the uh, problem? Which, well, a couple things. The whole thing is they sent them down there, and obviously. Clark is the only Caucasian. The rest are all... Ah, That's right. They're all Spanish-speaking. They're all Spanish-speaking. They all are Hispanic. um, Yeah. And so on and so forth. But yet, when they're going through the jungle and whatnot, they all have M16s. They're all speaking English. Mm -hmm. uh, Which that would not be the case. From the moment they landed, they would all be speaking Spanish.
0: To be fair, though, I'm sure that's just a movie thing where, yes, that would have been the case, but they didn't want to have to have a subtitle. Like, they don't even have the drug dealer speaking Spanish.
2: So I, I can see that. I can see that. But the American weapons part, that that bugs me.
3: That's
0: um, fair. All
2: right. They were trying to make it look like other cartels were, were fighting one another. Most likely they would have AK-47s right. and so on and so forth. Well,
0: and Which your is- problem with that comes up. It does. (laughs) I do want to comment on the, just like the way that they dropped them off. I thought that was really cool. Like the chopper is just like a, doesn't ever actually land, goes like a foot over the ground. And Uh just, they all just jump out and get out pretty quick. And the choppers go out pretty quickly.
2: That's always pretty cool to watch.
0: Yeah. And so uh, we also get Ritter who gets a page. Remember those pagers? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so he logs on his computer, basically sends an instant message to Cutter and says that they're in. Mm-hmm.
2: Which the way, the way he did that, um, you know, the whole thing is supposed to be, you know, this whole secret thing. Like maybe five people know about it. Right. But he sends this message. I mean, granted, it's probably on a secure server. I would sure that I would Paper hope. Trail. But yeah, he the congratulations, you have your own little war. Yeah, that I forgot that was a lie. I would say that. Because it's a movie. That's all you say. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's on. Done. He knows what you're talking about. Mm
0: -hmm. Next go to Jack who's driving into the White House and And he knows where to park. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I would hope so. The purpose of this meeting is they are they want to get Harden's money, six hundred and fifty million dollars. But I guess they still don't have proof that he worked with the cartels, which I was like, I thought they just established that he did.
0: Well, I don't know that, really that. He had a, and I've, if you recall what Jack says, it's a suspected ties. Right. The killers had suspected ties.
1: Yes, I understand that, but it's like, okay, we get that Harden is part of the cartel. The movie is moving on to other things. I am no longer interested in this Harden stuff. Why are we still <laughs> talking about it?
0: Because they need a reason to, for Jack to be down there. Right. Right. Jack says it was a theory. It's not. We need to establish real proof. And this says, well, and the president basically says, "We'll go get proof." He yeah, walked yeah. right into
1: that one, which is kind of funny because isn't later Greer's like, "Yeah, you walked right into that." And the very one.
2: next scene, and that's the big takeaway from that scene is that Jack has been elevated to a huge position now. Um, he may have you know, worked with Greer, you no, know, may have been his deputy or whatever. No, but he he's in the major leagues now. Yeah, and, and he's it's, kind of out of his league. Oh, it. it Painfully out of his league and everyone there knows it. And I think in certain reflection that uh, both Cutter and Ritter know he's naive and are trying to take advantage of that.
3: Mm -hmm. At the
0: end of the last movie, like, you know, it seemed like uh, Jack was only going back into the CIA to find
1: Sean. Of course, it's Sean.
0: Sean. So we're led to assume that he stayed in all that time after that. However many years later, this is at least two or three years later.
2: Which kind of makes sense. I don't yeah, know. it does, it does. because, <laughs> because it's 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 something that you know, especially if you've read the books, or you know, if you've been part of the the insult community, it it sucks you back in. Ah, it's like the mafia. It more or less. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that you is one way it. to look at it. So I mean, especially you know, he's done all these different things. He's. Obviously with the CIA with Hunt for October. He's right. with the CIA now with Patriot Games. Yeah. He's got the taste and for action. He's got the taste for action, but he's also been established. And True. so he's not gonna just be, you know, random Intel analyst sitting in some cubby hole on the no, third he, floor at Langley.
0: But he's not usually gonna be giving briefing to the presidents either. No. Yeah. But now he is and now he's in the big league. Greer, tell us about Clark who's down at mm-hmm. Columbia, and says that if you hit a brick wall, reach out to him.
1: Yeah. In the next scene, the commandos blow up a plane and a hangar, which apparently was left unguarded because the soldier just runs in, <laughs> bomb, it runs out again, and then detonates it.
2: Yep. Which I could see because these guys, especially that the, we're working for the, the cartels, I mean, they're not necessarily your most operational security savvy. Um, they're most likely just... Paid guys, like here, you guys stand right. here and, and watch this. Yeah. And also, they're not really expecting any trouble.
0: They've got the government pretty much in
2: their pocket, right? Yeah, and you know Escobedo. I mean, he's one of the the main cartel guys. So who's going to screw with them? Yeah, that's fair. And plus, if they're special forces, they're really good at being sneaky. One would hope so.
0: He's going on a trip down to Colombia, and like they're telling him, you don't roll down the windows. Everything's bulletproof. You don't want to get shot at. And they're showing him photos of like Escobedo's crew, but they say that they don't know who his Intel officer is.
1: And they illustrated with a picture of the invisible man from the old movies. From like the movie from the thirties, <laughs> which I appreciated.
2: I appreciated the the humor and yeah. the sarcasm in, in using that picture. Escobedo's
0: talking to Cortez. He says that someone's been talking and He's like, oh, Alright, fine. Yeah, out. who killed
2: my plane?
1: Get off my plane. That was the <laughs> other one. <laughs>
0: And so next Jack talks to Clark and tells him that he thinks Harder was connected to the cartels, but doesn't have mm. proof. And so like, who told you I could, I could help you? And it was like, well, Greer did. And oh, how is he doing? He was like, not well.
1: We get to see a little bit of humanity from John Clark, who's usually Mr. Tough Guy, about Greer. He's like, he's a good man. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Something along those lines.
0: But yeah, so Jack uses that lead and he co- so follows up on it, calls the president, tells him that Hardin was connected with Escobedo. Mm-hmm. You know, like most cartels, they also have a legitimate front and Hardin was doing business with a front, which was Lindo Coffee, which at, you know, in and of itself doesn't mean anything. But the fact that he was paying $6,200 a pound for coffee means it's something. suspicious.
1: Yeah. So yeah. then there's another problem now. And I really did not like this part. So let's argue oh. about it. So he's okay. like, okay, this, okay, $150 million is going to get seized, but the Colombians want it, and we want it too. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this Jack Ryan's problem?
0: Because it's the president's problem, and now Jack has to deal with it.
2: Right. It's bureaucracy. I, I can see so your not, point, yeah. Zach, but like I said, um, they were sending Ryan down there to be the representative of the White House, more or less. That's also when Jack says, you know, hey, that's, that's not my thing. Which right. is I when, don't even know
0: where to start with that, yeah.
2: Yeah, which leads into them sending down the, the FBI director. Yeah,
0: yeah, Jacobs.
2: But I'm
1: like, yeah. wouldn't this be like a State Department thing if it's diplomacy? Ah, yeah, whatever.
2: Probably not, uh, because... Law um, enforcement? Yeah, it's more law enforcement. I'm sure State Department would get involved eventually if this was you know more real life. Real? <laughs> I was just wondering. Yeah, because remember yeah. a lot... A lot of FBI agents are accountants. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: hmm. FBI director Jacob knows someone there and he's going to come down and handle the negotiations. Our special ops team going through the jungle. They find the trap door, drop the bomb down it, blow up the whole thing. There's like a whole operation underneath.
1: Yeah, this movie probably has more explosions than most of our Spy Spy guys movies put together. Right, There's like one explosion in Patriots game. We we don't we have a lot of shooting. We don't have a lot of explosions. Maybe since Mission Impossible has one. Well, there's that one one with the train.
0: Two. There's a train, Uh, and then there's also the car in the beginning. We're we're forgetting. We've covered Bond films. License to Kill had so many
1: explosions. Yeah, Doctor No had the one.
0: Yeah, but License to Kill has like all of the tanks exploding.
1: It
2: was okay. almost a Michael Bay movie at that point.
0: That's fair. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're men. We like explosions, so.
0: That's right. <laughs> but we don't look at explosions because we're cool. <laughs> Escobedo comes to survey the damage, and as he's doing this, Cortez is also there, and he finds the bullet and very quietly pockets it. I think, Lance, you, were talk- you mentioned that
2: earlier. Mm-hmm. He looks at it, and you can't really see it that well, but it looked like a uh, shell casing from a 5.56 millimeter round, which is what M16s use. Right. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well, it's not exactly a smoking gun. No pun intended. Uh, but Our uh, cartels, they're not a law enforcement agency. They don't need to prove
2: their suspicions. Well, no, kind of does. But later Cortez being the intel analyst that he is.
0: Mm-hmm. He'll investigate it later. And we'll, yeah, we'll get to that when we do.
2: He's going to try to find something to use to his advantage.
1: Oh, yeah. He's the man. He's so great. What a great villain. Way better oh, than he- Sean Miller. <laughs> Go to
0: Jacobs at FBI. He's mm-hmm. talking to his secretary Moira, and he tells her to call in sec the you know the next few days. Basically, she calls Londa, and you can't see it because this is a video. This is an audio medium, but I'm putting finger quotes up. Mm-hmm. Londa, A.K.A. Cortez, right? And I like this bit. You know, she calls the number, and it's this woman answers. It has like a suitcase recording thing, which has activates different sounds, like a warehouse sound
1: factory sound it has like yeah. ambient sounds
0: she asks if she's free the next, if he's free the next couple of days and says that her boss is leaving the country which of course tips him off cuz that he knows that her boss is the FBI director so if he's going out of the country something's going on
2: yeah i think what he he later sees on the news about you know the president is sending jacobs and his team down and then so he pieces that together with what his contact his source as as it would be yeah um Era. Which is a classic case of, you know, kind of like the Russians would, would refer to the her honeypot. as reverse honeypot.
0: Yeah.
1: Wait, what?
2: A reverse uh, honeypot?
0: He's, he's doing a honeypot on her.
1: Yeah, I thought that was just a honeypot.
2: Female honeypot. didn't
0: like have a different term, but I don't remember what it is.
2: Yeah, honeypot is, is typically the female agent seducing a male suspect, whereas reverse honeypot would be the male being the seducer.
1: We will research. Okay, so the president announces the seizure of the money, and Escobedo is like, Someone will die for this.
2: <laughs> yep. So over dramatic.
1: And Londo plans the attack on You mean Cortez? Of, yes. That is who I meant. And this is one of the parts that I actually remembered from this movie is this upcoming attack.
0: Yeah. So they're, like they're planning a hit and he's going through different uh, you know streets. Oh, this is not a good street. This is your this is where you want to hit. But he says I won't be there because I have some business to take care of in Washington. Right, which is right.
1: revealed he, to be meeting up with Moira at a love nest.
0: Yeah. Well, it. he also. But key point here is he he calls her, and she, back in the days of answering machines, you could screen your call, mm-hmm. and so if you hear like someone you want to talk to, you pick up the like on the answering machine, you pick up the phone.
2: Yeah, pre caller ID days.
1: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So at this point, I was like, okay, this is going to be a, this is an exciting moment. This is probably the climax of the movie, right? And I was <laughs> like, 1.5 hours left.
0: Yep, yep.
1: This is a long movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, so FBI Director Jacobs lands in Colombia, But as they're going through their motorcade, we see a bunch of people watching them on rooftops.
3: Yeah.
0: Moira and Cort- Cortez meeting up at the ca- cabin in the woods. They start to make out and as they're making out, he kills Moira, which I did not expect. I didn't see that coming. I you know,
2: totally did. You did? Wow. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and not to start on the whole book versus movie conversation, yep. he does not kill her in the book.
0: Oh, interesting. All right.
2: Not not at all. Um, in fact, I don't even think he even flies up to Washington. Um, interesting. In the, in the book, mm-hmm. Mora eventually figures out that um, she's the one that inadvertently uh, gave the information and tries uh-huh. to kill herself. Oh. Uh, she does um she doesn't succeed at it. Um, but yeah, she is in the book, she is not killed by Cortez. Wow. Okay, that is a change. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, there's there's a lot of changes in from the movie. All from right. the book.
0: And as they're driving, this bus comes out of nowhere and blocks them in, and they start launching bazookas at them.
2: At the SUVs.
1: RPGs, this is really scary because, like, their armored yeah. SUVs were not only big targets, but they did nothing against the RPGs. Yeah,
2: they're they're not designed to. As
0: this is going on, Ryan is still alive. Jacobs is a, alive for a while. They get blocked in by another bus coming at them. Right, and, like, there's a lot of action here going on. Like, and but in the end, basically everyone gets almost everyone else gets done, gunned down except for Jack and like a few a uh, few agents.
1: Yeah, yeah, who's who's this Dan Murray guy?
2: Is he from another movie? I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, this is, I think, the first time in the movies where we actually meet Dan Murray.
0: <laughs> okay. Um,
2: he and Jack are actually really good friends. You no, know, just like Morra doesn't get killed. Dan Murray dies in in the ambush. Jack, when he finally calls, um, uh uh-huh. Kathy yeah. and says, "No, honey, Dan Murray was killed. He absolutely was not killed." in fact in the books he eventually becomes the director of the fbi
3: oh okay yeah
2: and actually has a huge huge role i forget which book it is now i think it might be executive orders uh-huh. is that when he becomes president
1: yeah yeah is this like a deleted scene kind of thing it's like bigs in star wars where there's like a scene oh, yeah. with them establishing that they're friends and then that scene gets cut, and then the scene <laughs> of him being sad is kept in the movie so it's confusing <laughs>
2: Maybe. I don't think so. They they kind of like alluded to them being friends when they've had I guess they, like, like the White House before. The thing, yeah,
1: uh-huh.
2: yeah. You know, they were talking about how or Dan was referring to how Jack hates Mexican food.
1: Dan hates Mexican food. I thought I'm stealing all of my favorite lines, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
1: Sorry. then also a couple observations here. There's a part where Jack's SUV gets hit by an RPG, but the whole thing doesn't explode because he mm-hmm. survives. So that was interesting. And then yeah, also. He has <laughs> yeah. And then also a lot of the guys on the ground shoot and kill guys on the roof, which to me feels like it only happened if it was a movie, because in real life, no one would be dumb enough to like stand out on the edge where they could actually get hit. You know are, you what I mean? about
2: the, are you talking about the bad guys or the good guys? I'm
1: talking yeah. about the bad guys who get killed while they're standing on the roof.
2: No, I can. Again, I can see it because these aren't professionals. They're just random people. Mm-hmm. They're just told to go out and just start shooting. They've got them pinned in so they have to like lean over then they can't like, just, like get all gangsta and hold their AKs over the side of the building and, and just start spraying. And you know, I mean that's kinda what was what happened in Mogadishu with you no know, say Black Hawk down. Uh-huh. They were firing from all over the place, primarily from rooftops.
1: Yeah. That, that's, the part that it, that's fine.
2: The part that it did get me though was the opposite. Was the guys on the ground. I mean, they're they're standing in the middle of the street trying to fire back.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like And it's only like, you know, five, six seconds later, they go, we should probably seek cover. Well, (laughs) you think? (laughs)
1: Yep. They probably would have died in like two seconds, you think? Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would have been, especially like the FBI guys in their protective detail, that would have been the first thing they would have done. Mm -hmm. Um, They'd be either hidden or trying to take positions behind the vehicle closest to the buildings, gone in the alleyways, which they eventually did. One would have provided cover while others ran. Yeah, that was just... It irked me the same way they did when um, in Patriot Games when they busted Sean out of the police van.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I remember you being <laughs> annoyed by all of that.
2: Just then, a little. Yeah, a couple other observations here. There's
1: a Zack Snyder slow-mo part. when oh, one, yeah? of the, one of the SUVs explodes, and then Jack Ryan is like kind of crawling, running, walking oh, away yeah. from it. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And then also, he grabs a car and then does like a back turn into an alley. And I'm I like, like
0: that. That was good.
1: But how did he know the alley was there, let alone, like, where it is? Because he's, he's just, gone, Ryan. He's just, he's just amazing. like, yeah. okay,
2: fine.
0: He gets out of this all with, with his friend that he got.
1: No, that
2: was Jacob's okay. that he was, was that ja- pulling okay. around.
0: Oh, I couldn't tell. Like, I like. No, it was hard to tell who was who there.
2: No, so that, okay. Dan, yeah. I think Dan died in the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it was and, the slow-mo part.
0: He, like, gets out of there with just Jacob's, but then by the time he gets out, Jacob's already dead.
1: This reminds me of in Munich, the part where they say we've established a dialogue now. <laughs> we hit them and then they hit us.
0: But yeah, so next we go to a brief scene of housekeeping, knocking on the, the cabin in the woods and it finds more dead.
1: a Yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me. You'd think a cartel guy would know how to disappear somebody.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point.
1: Whereas in contrast, he wanted them to find her. I don't get but it.
2: he shouldn't. No, right. he absolutely
0: should not. And so we have next the president walking his dogs with Cutter. Cutter's saying, like, I don't know how this got out, and that, you know, Jacobs was going there and how they could plan this. But we go to Cutter and Ritter talking, uh, you know, right near the Potomac. Cutter said that the president basically said that the gloves are off now.
1: Dialogue is going to escalate. So meanwhile, Cortez tries to blame a rival.
0: Yeah. For for, this hit. Wait, that's well, not
1: true. He's like, yeah, they're so trying Esca- to make it look like you did it.
0: So Escobedo's at his kid's party, and Cortez is there. And Escobedo says that it was not him, no matter what everyone else is saying. And Cortez <laughs> is telling him that it's a rival. Someone else is making it look like you hit them.
1: So you know what this reminded me of? was but, Batman War Games. If you ever read oh, that? Oh, that wow.
0: That's a flashback, yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Lance, if you're not familiar, basically Batman, are. Brilliant hero had this plan to get all the Gotham gangs to fight each other. And then one of his sidekicks, like, executed the plan, turns a huge gang war that takes over the city.
2: Oh, nice. Like, no, I wasn't familiar with that one.
1: So I'm like, if you're an American and you want to get rid of these drug cartels, aside from legalize it, that's just a personal opinion. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get rid of the cartels, have them kill each other. Why have your soldiers do it?
0: What's happening here is Escobedo calls members of the cartel and says, We need to meet tomorrow. This wasn't me. I we need to find out who did this, Mm -hmm. and the call is being traced and recorded. Yes, but after the call is over, Cortez calls the other cartel guy he was talking to and says that Escobedo is scared, and this also is getting recorded.
1: Yeah. So I was wondering how is Jack Ryan going to get involved back in this whole situation, but we get our answer: is he wants to find out what happened to Moira,
0: and he also brings Kathy over to Moira's place where they're going through all of her stuff.
1: Rank has its privileges, I suppose.
2: Oh, it absolutely does. <laughs>
0: so they also realize that Landa, or well, Cortez, is some probably connected. Although it's a little bit of profiling, he said because he's Latin, that's what makes it connected.
1: Yeah, he's like Latin, like from Latin America, where they have drugs.
0: It's, it's like uh, it's kind of profiling, but yes, in this case, that well, was correct.
1: Well, in this case, it's like oh, he's dating someone who just happened to die at the same day. Okay, FBI fair people, enough. right?
0: Jack says they have no leads. Oh, I have plenty of leads, but nothing that actually gives us an idea of who this guy is. And in the background, there's a tech who's playing with the voicemail. And they realize that that's got to be his voice.
1: He says, You have the voice of a killer on your answering machine, or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: They match the voice of the recording with, to, uh, with the call that, of the cartel that was.
1: And it's a good thing that he spoke English to his fellow cartel member, <laughs> even if it doesn't oh. make any sense.
0: I mean, even if he didn't, they could at least identify the voice match, and like it's a 90% match.
1: But the thing is, it's like, okay, so one's connected to the other one, but it doesn't tell them who he is, at least not yet. Then next is an aircraft carrier, because it would not be a Tom Clancy story
2: without an aircraft carrier in it.
0: Yeah, and there's what looks like, is that an F-18 taking off?
2: Yeah, that was an F-18. And
0: then we see Clark watching with, I think this is Chavez, right? Oh, yeah. All the members of the cartels are arriving at a meeting. And the F-18 is overhead. Chavez is painting a target with his laser target, which is a car.
1: Well, it's and a monster truck. <laughs> right, yeah. I do remember the monster truck from watching it on TV. I did
0: not remember that. But the F-18 launches a missile, and everyone is there except for Escobedo.
1: Yeah, you so- wanted to get all the heads of the cartels. This is like Batman, too. He's like, I want to get <laughs> the heads of all the cartels, but I missed one. Also, they discover that there are civilians in the house, which yeah. I think any reasonable person probably could have predicted.
0: Yeah, would be the like case how did they not notice them before that point
1: yeah i don't remember whether they tried to abort or not i think they're no. like it's too late to abort yeah so
2: they, uh screw it <laughs> they probably honestly to be honest they probably wouldn't have anyway hmm. Hmm. collateral damage right it's a cold way to put it but yes
1: also the missile is cgi i wanted to point that out it's like pretty clearly 90 <laughs> cgi as it floats through the air yeah interesting
0: yeah, everyone in the cartel besides escobedo is killed mm-hmm And we next go back to CIA, where they find a match for The Voice, who's Felix Cortez, who used to be Cuban
1: intelligence. And then they try to pin the explosion at the house on a car bomb, but everyone does these different analyses, chemical analysis, yada, yada, yada. But eventually, basically, both Jack and the cartels figure out that it was actually an American bomb that did it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ritter and Cutter meet, and, like, Cutter is watching this newscast on there and is like wasn't expecting all this collateral damage like look and it's like there's like they're carrying the body of a kid out on ABC.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Ritter just doesn't care. He's like no, what he's, what did you expect? You yeah. said the gloves were off. They're off.
1: Yeah that's right. a good point Ritter. What do you do when the person you hate the most has made a really good point?
2: <laughs> Begrudgingly <laughs> but, acknowledge it.
1: <laughs> so having figured it out that they're both Americans, is it Cortez who faxes yeah. Uh, cutter and says, "Let's yeah. meet."
0: Yes. Well, he says he knows that there are American troops
1: illegally operating in Colombia. Someone that used drops on their meeting. I don't remember yep. who. DEA. Yeah. Basically, Cutter's like, "I want this whole thing to go away."
0: Tez says that you know, if you just take out Escobedo, or if, or if someone takes out Escobedo, I can restructure the drug drug trade. I can diminish the supply that goes to the U.S. Mm-hmm. In return, but you know, that'll be a win for you, but a win for me. It's going to be if I can defeat these American
1: soldiers who are here, yeah, so he's like going to sell out the soldiers
2: No, which one thing to point out from the book that one of the president's big things was the war on drugs mm-hmm. and so being able to use that, hey, we'll not just reduce amount drug trade, but yeah. you know I'll give you the Intel so you can make these huge drug busts right, right you Now that gives you the political capital you need to do what you know most politicians mm-hmm. want to do is. I think they even pointed out in the movie when Ritter says, what do all poli- first-term politicians want? That's a second-term. Second term.
1: Yo, stop <laughs> taking
2: all my favorite
1: quotes! Here's a way to win the roar on drugs, which is legalize it. Okay, sorry.
0: Now we go back to uh, Jack and Greer, and Greer's in the hospital, like in a hospital bed. He's not looking good. Yeah. But he show- Jack shows him, like, the surveillance photos of Cutter and Cortez meeting. He says, I'll have the audio soon, but he doesn't have it yet. Mm -hmm. and Jack comes to the idea or realization that if he keeps digging he doesn't think anyone's going to like what he finds and Greer reminds him of his oath to the American people that he took
1: it's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi speech the force will be with you always
0: grief scene with Cutter meeting with the president and Cutter suggests to the president at the time that the whole thing just sort of went away
2: get the president to agree you notice he doesn't give the president any details as to why he's suddenly come up with this he's like you know this has been going on long enough. We've done what we've wanted to do. You know, The longer this goes on, you know, the more likely you know we, something of this could be found out. Let's just make it go away.
1: Oh, my yeah. goodness. You mean like you can't win a war against drug cartels just by killing a lot of them? Because more <laughs> people will come over and take their same job? That's why you have to legalize it,
2: I guess. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Jack meets with Petey again, the hacker. He wants him to break into Ritter's computer. And sets, mm-hmm. so he's like, sets up, decides, realizes. All right, I'm gonna have to write way beyond birthdays now, and he has to write down the special program.
2: Oh, he he had a, a total nerdgasm at that point. Oh yeah. just look uh, on his face.
0: And he like looks over to his uh, his data tape storage unit, the storage tech, at probably a four thousand. If it looks very similar to the one I saw in the NSA museum,
1: it also looks similar to where they keep the Death Star plans in Rogue I knew One. You
0: were gonna say that?
1: Oh, uh, you know me so well.
0: Because, well, what, because, of course, that's what I thought of when I saw that data collection thing. Oh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and in fairness to Zach, if he didn't say it, I was going to. Ah, <laughs> uh, there I go. I got you back yes. on this one, buddy.
0: <laughs> so, Ritter enters his office, turns on his computer. Jack gets the access code from Petey and gets into his files and, like, goes into, like, res- the reciprocity files. But, like, at this moment, Petey calls him says, wait until he logs off before you get in. It's like, no, it's too late.
1: I thought that was funny. That sort of definitely seems like the kind of thing PD would actually have done is forget to tell him <laughs> something pretty important.
0: Yeah. So Jack is like looking through all the files. Actually, I thought that uh, Ritter was running like an auto deletion program, but he was actually just manually deleting stuff.
1: Ah, eh, boomer. Am I right?
0: But, and so like Jack, I like to see calls up Ritter and is like, you know, maybe we got off on the wrong foot. Do you play tennis? We should go out and play a game. He's just trying to distract him from seeing that he's logged into his computer.
1: Yeah, and he's reading like, all these files. It's like a spy movie. Yeah,
2: but, <laughs> I like but, this, yeah. But trying to be sneaky, he becomes obvious.
1: Mm, that's also true. Maybe he wouldn't have been thinking to look for someone on the network mm. if Jack hadn't called him.
2: But Jack
0: is trying to find well, at least one page he can print out. He's trying to print it out. But of course, it's out of ink. Oh, no. toter low. This is ridiculous. <laughs> or was it, out of, paper? What it was out of paper? It was out of paper. It was out of
1: paper. And I also like that when he puts the paper in and, like, shoves it closed, like, (laughs) the drawer clearly is not closed, so the printer (laughs) would not work.
0: But he does manage to get at least one printout.
1: Yeah, that one printout that's going to sink this whole administration.
0: Gritter comes knocking on his door, and he, like, does the classic Harrison Ford finger point. I loved it. You're going to, you yeah. broke the law.
1: You did the right and wrong.
0: Because he's a Ritter, he has a couple of different things up his sleeve. First of all, mm-hmm. Jack is the one who authori- got the authorization and funding for this program. So he is knee deep in it.
1: This dude's like a smart villain. I love it. He's not a villain you can just punch into submission. It's a nice yeah. change of pace
0: jack even tries he starts to try to do that after ritter reveals that he's got to get out of jail free card he has that written authorization from
2: the president oh you have one of these don't you no
0: <laughs> i am so happy that this actor is going to be back for the next mission impossible because i want to see where he's been yeah. and canon this is the same guy
1: so i gotta say though i don't really understand why that permission slip is like a get out of jail free card because all it does is throws the president under the bus but this Mm -hmm. just means they would both get in trouble and i know this movie is supposed to be like about iran contra where nobody (laughs) got in trouble but i'm saying in the world of the movie where people are actually held accountable for their bad actions all that would do was get them both in trouble as opposed to just ritter
0: or ritter has this in his back pocket and says give me a pardon or else i I show them this
1: yeah it's like for the president to like get his butt out of the fire yeah yeah okay
0: but then we get the phone call and we find out the
1: yeah, so at Greer's funeral, I was getting a little blue balls a little bit for continuity, because you oh. we were like, he served his country, he had such a long career, he did so many interesting things, and I was waiting for, like, that time with the Red October, or that time with the
0: IRA. Remember, with uh, the Red October, he was like,
2: I was never here, you never did that.
1: Yeah, but he's dead now, so, whatever. Well, that's still
2: classified. Yeah, and that guy, who's the president, now, in the movie, wouldn't have been president when Red October True. happened. Guys, just let me have my continuity, all right? <laughs> so he may not even know. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, that, and that's why I'm saying in the book, they're actually in election season for the second term, which it has a huge implication of how the book ends versus how the movie ends. Interesting.
0: Also, was this supposed to be Arlington Cemetery? I couldn't quite tell.
2: Yes, I think yeah. Okay. Greer would have been buried there.
0: I would assume that he would, so that's why my assumption was. But I, I, like, I couldn't quite place if it was. like They didn't show any of the iconography that you always associate with Arlington. So that's why I didn't say think it was, necessarily was filmed there. Although no, they I, did a pretty good job of filming
2: everywhere else in D.C. I, that's something that I'd have to look up. I don't know if they're even allowed to.
1: I wouldn't no, no. be surprised if they're not.
0: So his funeral is going on. It's all intercut with Cortez g- going after the, the uh, special ops team.
1: Yeah, their communications is jammed. They can't talk to
0: Clark. Clark. Can't get in touch with them. They—they like they keep calling out to him, saying that we need air support, but there's nothing coming because he can't hear any of them.
2: Well, actually, their communications weren't jammed. They were just cut off. Yeah. So the soldiers get attacked
1: and killed, except for two of them that are taken captive. But Ding Chavez, because he's the man, escapes. And he thinks about starting shooting, but then he changes his mind, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool. And then, meanwhile, back in America, the car phone's back remember the <laughs> car right. phone? oh yeah him. all
0: right jack gets a call from the dea his contact in the dea who's in columbia she intercepted mm-hmm. the radio call from the team to clark and jack's like i want copies i want a copy i want 10 copies send them to me
2: well it, it wasn't just that i think that's also where she was like um we also have this other bit you might want, want, want to listen to and it was the exchange between Cortez and Cutter.
0: Oh, that's right. That's what he wants copies of, yeah. Yeah.
1: It was the big evidence that breaks the whole case yeah. wide open.
0: Ritter are calling Clark. They say that they shut down the satellite link. He tells them that Ryan found out everything and that, and that because of that, they had to shut it down. Clark is pissed at Ryan and says, you know, I, where, I'm, where is he? I'll get on a plane and kill him. I was impressed that they, they pitted the two of them against each other.
1: Yeah, but Clark instantly buys it, which I think is interesting for such a generally suspicious, world-weary guy.
2: I don't think he instantly bought it. I think he was still you know, ticked off um, because, I mean, he obviously cared very much about his team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's probably, you know, really upset that, you know, this, this, and this. But he's also not naive. Right. So he knows um, that this is <laughs> Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's been doing this for, you know, probably 15, 16 years or so by now. So I mean, he he doesn't necessarily trust Cutter because he already knows he's running a, uh-huh. a non legal operation. So he's already lied to other people.
1: Mm-hmm. I of a criminal myself. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- so he's probably not going to once he he calms down up for a second. He's probably not going to do anything unless he you know verifies that you know, what he's being told is true.
1: Well, I, I guess he doesn't do anything that he can't take back. From right. Finds out the truth.
2: Yeah, so ryan arrives in bogota and Uh clark
0: finds him at the airport like gets a gun and puts it like underneath a coat and gets you know ryan at gunpoint cuts him into a van has him drive off we go to ritter at home in bed Uh with his wife gets a call at like probably 3 a.m or something and it's clark and clark says that ryan's dead and tells him to turn the op back on and
1: because you always talk about your assassinations and secret operations on an open line in your guy's house. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense.
0: Well, I mean, really, it's a, just a ploy for him to figure out, all right, is he telling the truth? Is it? Is this really what you know? what's going on? Or is Ryan telling me something
2: real? And if he's looking at, you know, time being the essence and trying to get the communications back on to try to get in touch with his, his guys, he knows where, where Ritter is going to be. Yeah. I mean, Ritter probably does have a secure phone in his his residence. Mm-hmm. Clark's not going to be able to call it.
1: Yeah. So. No, I know. I just think it's funny that he could have been like it's done. Are we back on? <laughs> I mean, it is a spy movie. I do think it's interesting that he lies to Yeah. Because well, like, him like we said
0: he's not, you know, he's you know, he's not trustworthy. He is world-weary and, you know, suspicious. So mm-hmm. if he, if he that's this is his way of finding out what the truth, if there is such a thing, is.
2: Which yeah. is what makes that whole Moment or way early on in the movie when Ryan first meets Clark. Yeah. And, you know, they establish that relationship through Greer. Clark's probably also thinking, well, if, you know, Greer trusts this guy and I trust Greer, you know, mm-hmm. then maybe there's something more to this guy than something there. Yeah. Yeah. And what's going on, what I'm being told.
0: Ryan tells him that he's there to help get those guys out. What do you need? I need a helicopter. So they go into this bar. Because apparently the pilot that uh, Clark knows is there.
1: Yeah, they spend a lot of time with them getting the chopper and the pilot. Which
0: I was- like the moment with the chopper though. So right, he goes. They find mm-hmm. a chopper for him. He's like, "How much is it to rent?" Oh, we don't rent it anymore. It's for sale. Two million dollars. Oh well, you know my pilot. When you take a test flight, sure, you just need to leave a deposit. Two million dollars. Yeah. When oh, do you accept the company check, and he gives him a business? He's
1: carrying around CIA business cards. Finally him being deputy director of the CIA is actually paying off. <laughs> yes. Because before this he's like Commander Shepherd, where he has a really high title, but he still has to do all his grunt work himself. Uh,
0: yeah, but I'm just like the idea of someone carrying around CIA business cards is hilarious to me.
2: I can see him having the business cards. Like he he is a deputy director. I mean, for one Yeah. You know, all things being equal, you're not typically going to have the deputy director of intelligence, you know, tooling around on his own in Yeah,
0: I have no problem with him actually having the business cards, but the fact that he's like flashing it
2: around is hilarious to me. But I think but I think Zach made a point to where he is like, you know, I'm the deputy director of intelligence now. I can I can do this stuff. <laughs> Might All as well right. do it.
0: Clark is like, get off doesn't he say get off my plane? Oh, he says, "Get off my chopper!" I'll <laughs> oh, get off my chopper, rather. And he's nice. like, my chopper, and he shows him the receipt for that he bought <laughs> it with.
2: <laughs> and Clark just like looks at him like, "You actually bought this thing?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so they go to fly to find the man. They find the last communication point, and where would be the last, like a good extraction point from there? They find a body of one of the soldiers.
1: I, I liked the contrast here between Commando Clark with Bumbling Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got like the backpack. He's got the gun. He's got the boots. Whereas Jack is kind of running around. He's like sweating. You can just yeah. see some of his dad bod.
2: He's, he's got the khakis. Oh, Harrison and the, Ford and the does not liquor. have a dad bod. Excuse me. <laughs> it, it, the prosthetic dad bod. How's that? Uh, maybe <laughs> CGI dad bod. But, but anyways,
1: eventually yeah. they find Chavez, and Chavez is mad. He's ready to kill Clark because he yeah because he thinks, told them out.
0: Yeah. But, like, Jack pulls him off and is like, Who's, it's not his fault. It's like, oh, really, whose fault is it? It's my fault.
1: Yeah, but why is it his fault? I don't understand.
0: Because he exposed the, everything, and if not for that, they would have not shut it down.
2: No, I, I don't think that's it. Because they were already shutting it down before, you know, we have the whole race to the printer scene. Right. What I oh, right, think, that's right. What I think, and this goes more into Jack Ryan's character. He feels it's he, his responsibility, right? That that he should have known yeah. somehow. I mean, even though he was purposely kept in the dark by arguably th- three very powerful people you know, the president, you know, the mm-hmm. deputy director of operations, and the national security advisor. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's if they're keeping him in the dark, there's really—I mean, eventually he eventually does find out on his own, but you know, he had to uh, really work at it. So I think yeah. he sees it as a failure on his part that he didn't do more sooner that yeah. um, no. he could have saved everybody because no, that's I, I totally guy, get that because, you know, that's the way he is. He's always, he's always got to save the day.
1: I know. I just think it's funny that when confronted with a furious special commando guy, I would not be like, blame me. <laughs> I would be like blame someone who isn't in this room. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think also because, because he's such a good he, guy. He's going to take yeah, that responsibility. A a boy, out. Yeah. You know, for the same reason why you know, Chavez didn't start you know, sniping the people mm-hmm. when his comrades were taken. You know, ultimately, Chavez and Clark, but more so to the effect the of you know, he's not going to shoot them, you know, Chavez is a professional soldier. So he's just mm-hmm. not going to randomly kill Ryan in, in cold blood like that. True.
1: Yeah, but he could hit him a couple
2: times. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, he, could, he could probably beat the hell out of him, but you know, right. Clark's yeah, also we'll not going to do that either.
0: What happens is they find the area that Where they load all the prisoners, like, well, we don't know where they go from here. Jack says, you know, Escobedo knows. I was like, what are you going to do, knock on his door? And that's what what he does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And again, flashing that CIA business card, which I just, I find that hilarious. Just the the balls on him to do that is amazing.
2: Which the next time they have a event at the (laughs) Spod Museum, that's what we should do for ID cards. Just make up CIA business (laughs) cards and hand them out to everybody.
1: Dude, is that legal? That sounds scary.
2: Well, we'll and- alter it somewhat. We'll misspell intelligence <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, so Jack fingers Cortez at this part. And uh, it's very tense. And then the action begins. He,
0: yeah, he's trying to get in, fa- in front of him and like tells him that Cortez has sold him out and like plays the recording of the... And so, and as this is all going on, Clark and Chavez are watching as Jack is doing this. I watch as he's got brought to the Lindo Coffee fac- uh
1: yeah, There's a know, Lindo Coffee is. factory or whatever. Factory. Thank
0: you. Like I could not remember the name for factory. <laughs> and
1: this is right out of freaking license to kill. Absolutely. This yes,
0: all right, fair enough. It was very much inspired like license to kill is very much inspired by Miami Vice and that sort of stuff, and also just the cartels. Mm-hmm. So it's it, I I see why you would think yeah. it's
2: it's cartel so themed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Cartel uh, like genre.
0: <laughs> so Cortez was at the coffee facility and I like how Jack has like this cigar that he's just smoking as he as like Cortez comes in mm-hmm. and Jack wants the safe return of his associates and offers Cortez to Escobedo in, in return and he plays the tape and as this is going on Escobedo's like swinging this baseball bat around and is like you know I guess what, what am I supposed to do here I guess I'm supposed to hit you with this bat and right before he does one of Cortez's men like shoots Escobedo in the back which was well like sw- Escobedo's, bo- like other guards too.
2: Which the whole swinging of the bat thing was very like Al Capone and Untouchables like.
0: That's what it was. I was like, what is this reminding me? Of? I was like, has there been something with Pablo Escobar swinging around a bat? I can't think of anything, but yes, that reminded me very much of that's what it was.
3: That mm-hmm.
0: nice. scene in the Untouchables where he's like giving the speech about all the associates and just like starts beating the, well, killing one of his associates. Yeah.
2: Because he was talking about teamwork and somebody many yeah. a team player.
0: The guy who shot Escobedo in the back is about to shoot Jack. A sniper bullet takes him out, presumably from Chavez. Yeah. yeah.
2: Fight, fight, fight.
1: Action, and action, action, And Jack and this
0: Cortez have a fight, but Cortez gets away. Yeah, And then, I like this, Cortez tells all the men to seal the facility and that the American killed Escobedo.
1: He's pretty smart.
0: And so now Cortez has a gun. Also, before we kind of skipped over, like, the uh, Clark is trying to get the pilot on the radio and is like, respond, respond. He does not respond.
1: Yeah, because he's an alcoholic,
2: drunk, passed out in the Right. Cockpit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why they introduced him earlier to, like, explain why he's taking so long to show up. Yeah.
0: And so Clark goes in, like.
1: <laughs> Somehow he gets then.
0: Well, I like the scene where, like, you know, Jack sees someone coming into the door and, like, slam the door and. It's Clark on the other side. He pushes back, and they do this a couple of times. And they realize, "Oh, you're on the other side of this." And then they say, "Where's Cortez? How's my How's my Harrison to Ford impression? Very good. <laughs>
1: this also reminds me of Fast and Furious when our two heroes fight, but neither of them are allowed to win." <laughs> So it's like running and gunning and and they they find the prisoners. and I was expecting when they find the prisoners that the prisoners would be like, fine. So Uh-oh. then it's like it's like you know a what? big shootout where it's like four oh, guys probably, on one no. side. no, okay.
0: also, well, at this point, like Cortez realizes that they're going after the prisoners, but doesn't do anything to try to guard the prisoners anymore.
1: I think at this point he's just worried about his own survival. yeah I guess so yeah
2: and yeah, I fully actually, I fully expected the prisoners to be in worse shape than what they were. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I'm in the middle where
0: it's like, okay, they, that, that's, yeah. I expected them to be just sort of how they were.
2: Yeah, because they're going right. to be beaten, tortured, you know, find out, you no, know, have them admit to being Americans for right. one, probably, yeah. uh, are there other <laughs> Americans, so on, and so forth.
0: Jack and Clark are getting the two soldiers out, and like Cortez almost sees them, and Jack decides he's going to cause distractions so that they can get the prisoners out. And he like j- grabs this giant piece of wood and jams it into the machinery. It was a very Indiana Jones move to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, in this part, Ford runs kind of slowly. <laughs> it reminds me of Captain Marvel when you had eighty year old Samuel L. Jackson with a forty year old Samuel L. Jackson face, which is fine until he has to like move, and then he like moves like an eighty year old.
0: <laughs> How old was Harrison Ford here? I uh,
1: fifties probably. 40s? He was born in
0: 42. So yeah, he was 51.
1: Yeah. He, he like, actually looked pretty good for 51 then. I thought right? he was in his 40s. So there's a, a quiet part where he's like hiding. Oh, and yeah. And he plays the tape recorder as a distraction and then fights Cortez again. Cortez yeah.
0: gets played a bunch, under a bunch of logs.
1: Which I like that, that it was just like a coincidence. That it wasn't just Ryan winning by being tougher and stronger because we determined he's not tough and strong.
0: And there's no convenient anchor around somewhere.
2: Yeah. for a to fall on
1: the anchor
0: that sean miller gets impaled
1: on oh yeah 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 and then blown up yeah yeah
4: (laughs)
0: Yeah, i forgot he also gets blown up wow (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i was like i was at least a little concerned that it was just gonna be that was gonna be the end of cortez i was like oh that's it he just gets buried under a bunch of logs
2: (laughs) that was very cersei lannister like death (laughs) yeah very anticlimactic
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought I was worried that was going to be, but we find, of course, that's not the end of him. But Jack, so he's like he sees or he hears the chopper going overhead, and he like gets up to the roof, like he breaks through the like the tin roof, yeah, like, by like hanging on on by his arms and like swinging and like kicking it open. I was like, wow, that's impressive.
1: So I've done stuff like that on like ropes courses. Yeah and like it's hard and stuff it's pretty hard yeah i guess i take back what i said about the dad yeah, See, right <laughs> come on uh yeah so he gets to the roof there's all the shooting there's all the shooting he somehow doesn't die because it's an action movie everyone besides jack
0: gets on the chopper clark says to the pilot no we wait for ryan he's like okay we're going
1: i guess the pilot's like an idiot or whatever yeah. or maybe you he couldn't hear him yeah. But then and this then he, is the like, most ridiculous part of the movie. Is right it here? Is it yes. though? Yes, of course it is. He runs across the roof, doesn't get shot, whatever. That's normal should we stuff. But then he like grabs onto the strut of the helicopter and yeah. like dangles off of it as it goes flying across the city. Yeah. A 51 year old well, man.
0: But you're not telling selling all of it. It's not like he's just hanging there and it's everything's okay. He is slipping. And also as he's yeah. slipping I think that's fine. Like, okay, he, uh-huh. he that he's slipping. Like, it's not just showing that he's very strongly, and confidently getting up there, like, you know, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible.
1: Well, not everybody's Tom Cruise. He well, I think that he's not,
0: obviously. So that's why that's as a good like, comparison. is like, he's he's having trouble. He's falling off. And, like, Clark is trying to, it's, it's, a, I thought it was a good moment where he's, like, trying to get him. And, like, it's showing that, oh, yeah, Clark actually cares about him because he's saying to go back for him.
1: Yes, the sexual tension was strong.
0: I know, <laughs> and also as this at this point, Cortez bursts through the roof into the from the hole that Jack made, and he mm-hmm. like has a gun, and is like trying to shoot at them, and Clark has Domingo, uh, Domingo Chavez take care of him and just take him out. Hell yeah! So there we go. At least that's a better death than just falling under some logs.
2: Yeah, but it also gives you know Chavez you know some semblance of vengeance. True, true. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, but okay.
0: Clark pulls him up and like they have this real good like bromance moment.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we see Ritter leaving the Oval Office, which I I like them. like what are you oh, what's going on? What happened there?
2: This is where in the movie I, I don't know what everybody knows at this point, because as far as Cutter and Ritter know, Jack is dead.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, we never really get that
2: reveal. Yeah. And then, no, they walk out of the Oval Office, and then you know Jack's sitting there, and they're like, "Hmm, uh-oh, some, something something <laughs> is rotten in Denmark," kind yeah, of I, thing.
1: I, I guess I must have missed that. So that's a good point.
2: Well, they didn't. They never call it out in the movie,
0: but I assume in the book they say something about it.
2: Uh, we'll we'll get to that shortly. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, Jack meeting with the president. He's like, "Things have gone on that he was unaware of," and. Mm-hmm. You know, We have to find out who's responsible, but very delicately, because we don't want to have another scandal on our hands. Whereas Jack he understands, oh, I know you're upset, but then Jack is like, no, you won't dishonor the dead by playing this game.
1: Hmm. Well, he conflates what's good for him and what's good for the country, which we've seen politicians yeah. do yeah. in other movies.
0: And Jack says that he's going to report all of this to the Senate Oversight Committee. It's not, you know, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And like, no, no, you won't. You're in the game now. You're going to keep this in your back pocket when you need something from me. It's like, if you do go down this road, you're going to take the blame. Yeah, sure. Cutter and Ritter will take some of the blame, too. Mm -hmm. But you know who's going to take a big blame? Greer. And you're going to spoil his legacy like that.
1: Ooh, cut deep. Someone he actually cares about.
0: Yeah. And we go to Jack going in front of the Senate Oversight Committee. There's press. There's an audience. He gets Mm. sworn in to give testimony as credits roll.
1: It's like the ending of Fair Game. Exactly, that's what I was thinking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's the end of the movie. So shall we go into our spy fact versus spy fiction? So I've got a few things that are in terms of real life, and then we also go into the book versus movie comparisons here. So first of all, the Kali Cartel. I assume there was not actually a real cartel, just because uh, they, they, signif- they specify that, oh, it's not part of the Medellin cartel. Uh-huh. But it turns out Cali cartel is a real cartel. Uh, and they did actually break away from the Medellin and Pablo Escobar in the 1980s. So it's a real cartel. Right. And of course, we said that in the beginning that Pablo Escobar is obviously the inspiration for Ernesto Escobedo. Escobar was also killed, but actually he was killed by the Colombian National Police. But yes, yeah, so let's just get into it.
2: Lance, what was different? Lance, take it Everything. away. Everything. <laughs> um, uh for starters, the whole thing about the the dead family on the boat being you know lifelong friends with the president. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing in the book. He's just random rich guy.
0: But that, yeah. that's the way like the main motivation? Like, what was the motivation for the president to get involved?
2: Well, And I'll get into that. But but the whole thing does come down. There's actually a really intense scene in the book where the Coast Guard cutter comes up to it, which I do want to point out one mistake in the the movie about that scene. The captain of the cutter, the the female captain, when you look at her hat, she has enlisted insignia on her hat. (laughs) Which, Which it's actually not necessarily uncommon to have Um, enlisted be in charge of uh, a cutter.
3: Yeah,
0: Uh,
2: Not necessarily a cutter, but a a smaller Coast Guard vessel.
0: And we were saying cutter, we are talking about the boat here and not about the character.
2: Right. Not for your contract. Exactly. But then one of the the team lead that goes over onto the civilian boat, uh, Mm -hmm. she refers to him as Senior Chief, which would be an E8, which would make him very senior enlisted. There's only you can go Uh, go up to E9. So right. she is definitely an officer, and he's referring uh, to her as captain, which right, would be right, the right. correct position. And ma'am. So yeah, she's at least probably um, an O two or an O three. Interesting. Um, okay. So right. they, that was wrong. Which, as someone in the military, that bugged me.
1: Yeah, you military guys love correcting the uniforms and the patches and the this and the that and the other thing.
2: It's yeah,
1: like easy mistakes to make.
2: It, they are. They are. Um, but this was also back when this was filmed um, to where. You did have some coordination between Hollywood and the services. Um,
0: and I mean, to, that, to a degree, that still goes on as well.
2: Well, actually, it, it's gotten uh, even more so because the services wanted to, if we're being portrayed in movies, we uh, want to be yes. portrayed correctly. Which is why
0: uh, every Transformers movie has a degree of military, because it's basically free promotion for them.
2: It, it, exactly. It, it's almost like a recruiting tool. So, yeah. So when they get to the boat, actually, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while since I've read the book, the family, they didn't dump the bodies overboard yet.
0: Oh, so the bodies are still there. Yeah.
2: um, So, I mean, and it was a a bloody slaughter, um, which really got under the skin of the Coast Guardsmen Ah. to where, I mean, they even have like this mock trial on board. They're trying to use like sea laws that they can try these guys for murder and execute them.
0: Interesting. All right. Um,
2: I don't. They don't. They don't execute him, but they do have like the mock trial, the mock C trial, um, and they find out all the information of you know that the guy was running. It was a, a a thief for the cartels or whatever, and that's when they find out about the money.
1: Yeah, that was something I was wondering about. If I could just jump in, is sure. I was thinking about it because I was like, if you're going to have the president engage in U.S. military operations against a cartel, I feel like we should give him a more morally righteous reason. So like have his daughter die of a drug overdose or mm. something like that. He's like, cause when he, cause when he says these drug cartels are clear and present danger to the United States, it's like, what? That's not true.
0: So this was written in the midst of like the Ronald Reagan era of like uh, the say no right. drugs, Roncy Reagan, Ron, uh, not Nancy Reagan, all of that stuff. And, yeah.
2: Cause the yeah. book itself was written in 89. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But also, just to finish my thought here, the fact that it's an ally of his who gets killed betrays that, oh, yeah, this president is actually more self-interested and exactly mm-hmm. not such a good guy, as we learn later in the movie. By the way, if you guys like gunwanks, uh, U.S. military or military-type people versus mm-hmm. cartels, I'd recommend both Sicario
2: movies. Uh, I have those on my to-watch list on, on Netflix. Okay. But to where to kind of get to where you know all this starts is you know they do have the whole money thing to where we want to take you know the huge sum of money that has been discovered in all these offshore accounts, whatever, so they do have the scene in the book where, where Jacobs goes down to try to do the whole negotiation. You have the ambush right. it's that ambush is what leads the president to have operation reciprocity,
0: uh, so that's it, all before, it's not not after,
2: yeah, reciprocity. Interesting. Yeah, that reciprocity doesn't take place until after the, the ambush uh, in which Jacobs is killed, and okay. not Dan Murray. In the movie, they made it seem like there was just one team of special operations mm-hmm. soldiers that was down there. I think there were actually four groups running around the country, okay. uh, with, with Clark doing the whole thing. Three out of the four at the end do get out okay, It's but the team with Chavez and the captain, yeah, they get all kinds of hosed.
1: That makes more sense that there's yeah. more people doing it. Mm-hmm. 12 guys against a whole country of cartels.
2: <laughs> oh, right. It's actually Robbie Jackson. Oh, yeah. hey. Yeah, Ryan's friend, who's not in the movie. Yeah. Um, sadly, because that would have been a great cameo for Samuel Jackson. He knows there's a whole bunch of different naval activity that, that's going on. They're using uh, F-18s, F-14s, um, and F-15s flying out of Eglin. To shoot down Cessnas that are that are smuggling drugs into the country.
1: Oh, you mean um, like? Uh, oh no, poor Barry Seal. Yeah, Barry Seal. What a <laughs> yeah. way to go.
2: It, it, exactly. And so he brings that to Jack, and that's when Jack starts wondering what's going on. Um, and he he talks with he does talk with Greer uh, a little bit. He does start doing the digging at at that point. And it's not that he has somebody hack into Ritter's account. He actually oh, yeah. breaks into a safe. Ah. Uh, and and sees the documents and so on and so forth. Uh, neither Cortez uh, nor um, Escobedo are killed. Oh, okay. They do turn Escobedo uh, over to the other cartel chieftains and explain, you know, this is what he was doing. Um, and it's heavily alluded to that they they get their own baseball bats and go out oh. and pone on them. Ho-ho. they take uh, Cortez. And turn him back over to the Cubans, uh, who label him as a traitor. So they probably do their own version of you no, know, Castro being a huge baseball player uh, himself, um, probably had his own fun with baseball bats. Um, a fitting
1: end for his kind.
2: Like Cutter, he's like, well, you know, that's great. Um, however, you're not gonna, I'm not, you're not gonna arrest me. You're not gonna do anything. And Clark's like, well, why is that? And then. Cutter proceeds to step in front of a metro bus. Oh. and gets hit and killed. Wow, that's so dramatic. I Wait, can't was believe Was it Cutter or one. Ritter? Uh, no, it was Cutter. It was oh, the, okay. Yeah, the national security advisor. Wow. So I mean, yeah, there there was this whole. Sounds like there like, was quite a bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, even so much to where you know, Tom Clancy very much was displeased, and this is kind of where he started having the falling out with Hollywood. Interesting. Because like. He was like, yeah, they they made a movie, but it's not the book I wrote.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it, wait till you get to future movies. Cause... I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> you told us um, a lot, but there didn't strike
1: me as such huge differences as to get Tom Clancy all hot and bothered. Yeah,
0: like I can imagine him getting pissed off at, say, the Summer of All Fears, where it's, I know it's a completely different story, basically. So, But this, I mean, at least the essence of it is still here.
2: I still liked the movie. And, you know, I liked the book, but I have to distance myself because... The, to me at least anyway, and I imagine if I'm the, the author, I can see where he'd be ticked off, because they, they killed characters they weren't supposed to, mm, um, yeah. they did kill characters they were supposed to, <laughs> you know, and the whole you know, rescue scene and, and everything else, um, and there's a lot of other different subplot bits and pieces too, because, you know, it, it's a Clancy book, so there always right. has to be... Right, of
0: course there is. There has to be like a hundred different plots going on at once. Yeah, you know, which, little... you know
2: which Zach absolutely, totally loves. Um... <laughs> And he breaks down a whole bunch of different things in minute detail. Things like 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 there's five chapters probably about you know the makeup of the the missile that they used. Of course,
1: I mean the thing about the descriptions, you could just skip the descriptions. All the subplots, that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else, Lance, for uh, spy fact versus fiction or book versus movie?
2: Uh, No, I I think we're good there. All right. Thanks.
1: So next is our favorite quotes, Lance, as our guest. Do you want to go
2: first? Actually, I want you to go first because I, I've, like, stolen four or five of your quotes already. Uh, yeah, um,
1: I was thinking that, but I was too polite to say it.
2: <laughs> no, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you have, Yeah, you flat out said it. No, that's true. So, okay. so I, think, I think you should go first. All right. So yeah, as I said,
1: I, I liked they want what every first term administration wants, a second term. Mm-hmm. All, they change about the Mexican food. And congratulations, James, you've got your own little war. So those were all great. But yeah. I will say for my favorite quotes, I liked the military wanking stuff, because this is a military wank movie. So <laughs> I liked, chicken is in the pot, now cook it. <laughs> and start the music. Nice. Those were all yeah. pretty bad, America.
2: I mean, I can see those actually being said, but that doesn't mean that they're not bad.
0: All right, <laughs> lads, why don't
2: you go through yours? I liked all the ones that, that Zach had um the ones mm-hmm. we've already talked about earlier. So I'm gonna go with not necessarily a quote, but the whole uh exchange between mm-hmm. Jack and Kathy when they were in their car coming back from Andrews, wow. uh when all the bodies were brought back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Kathy makes the comment to where, you know, that it was seems really coincidental that you know his secretary was killed the same day that Jacobs was. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, well actually no it wasn't his secretary. It was his deputy so and so and this, this and this. Thinking, you no, know, wrong type of secretary (laughs) and they have that moment where they're looking at each other like what What the hell are you talking about about?" (laughs) (laughs) no what are you talking about i thought that was pretty good
0: yeah it's cheesy but i liked when the president you know name dropped the movie like i think it was like 10 minutes in these Mm -hmm. drug cartels represent a clear and present danger to the national security of the united states
1: but but do they though
0: (laughs) no it was a good lie like yeah Mm-hmm. i've seen the like i think it was they did this for james bond movies were like all right if james bond movies ended once they've said the title of the movie and it's yeah, like but- the like how many how long into each of them they get basically um i also liked greer saying you know want to know about politics in washington four words watch your back jack
1: you even cut it down to three words so you got yeah. a spam.
0: i liked well, when ritter's talking about ryan he's like ryan he's a goddamn boy scout's Believes in loyalty, cleanliness, and not tying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those Boy Scouts.
0: Yeah. And lastly, just the balls on Jack when he goes up to Escobedo's place and says, Good morning. I'd like to see as Ernesto Escobedo. I don't have an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all our quotes. Well, actually, if I, if I could get like, oh, one, one. Go game. for it. Yeah.
2: The one scene I thought was also like really cute. Jack had given his first briefing by himself to the president. Uh, and he comes back and he's telling Greer all about it. And he's kind of looking dejected that um, maybe he said something. He shouldn't have said something. Mm-hmm. And and Greer looks at him and is like, no, you are trying to oppress the president of the United States. <laughs> and, and Jack's like, yeah, you got me. That's mm-hmm. true. But actually, this, I take that back. This is going to be my most favorite because I can personally relate to it. The one part where Jack and, and the family, they're in the, the kitchen getting ready for breakfast or whatever. And if you notice, they had a throwback to the last the pancakes,
3: movie right? <laughs> of the
2: pancakes. Um, but in Clearing present danger, Jack's like looking at Sally's like, do you want toast or toast? <laughs> and then Sally says that same line to Jack mm-hmm. Jr. When he wants pancakes, he's like, well, yep. you can have toast or toast. Um, <laughs> but that was the point um, mm-hmm. when they're standing there and they're watching the, the CNN Clip of the president yeah. walking towards um, Marine One or whatever, yeah. and the reporters are shouting the questions, and he starts like, "No, we weren't just lifelong or best we friends; we were lifelong lines. friends." Yeah. And Jack's like, "I told him to say that. that that's my line." He starts freaking out. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can I can appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so now it's now it's time for ratings so on a scale of one to ten. Martinis, one being the Avengers with Uma Thurman, nineteen ninety seven, and ten being even better than the first episode of The Prisoner. How would we rate Clear and Present uh, Danger?
0: All right, Lance is our guest. Let's keep, have you go
1: first. We keep making him do the stuff first. It's kind <laughs> of
2: That's okay. I don't mind. Let's see. I mean, I really enjoy the acting. You know, obviously the the actor that plays Ritter. Um, is, does play the quintessential douche character very well the bad guy, um, particularly Cortez I mean, we've said it numerous times throughout the podcast, how smart he was um, how savvy he wasn't just like some he was like almost the opposite of, of Escobedo, where Escobedo was very fly by the seat of his pants Cortez was calm, cool, calculated really like that mm. um, there were some of the military things that you know kind of irked me, like we talked about but overall, I would probably give it uh, a solid eight martinis.
1: Right. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would like expect from our resident Clancy fanboy.
2: <laughs> um, th- but that's also despite the fact, like I said, it was completely different from the movie. So I'm disassociating the the book from the movie.
1: Okay. I understand. Uh, do you want me to go next? Sure. Okay, so keeping in mind, I gave Petri Games a 7.5. And I don't think this is, is quite as good as that. So things that I liked was that I liked that the administration – of the U.S. was the bad guy, which is not what I was expecting from a big old flag waver like Tom Clancy. So that was interesting. I didn't really love that the plot didn't seem to have a clear direction. Like in Patriot Games, find Sean Miller and kill him. Whereas this is like a twist and then a turn. And then it's like, okay, what's going to happen now? And then now we have the action and so on. And it was just like really long, like excessively long. Like it didn't need to be that long. So... I am going to give it a 6.5 out of 10.
0: I'm going to side with Lance and also give it an 8 out of 10 martinis. I like this more than Patriot Games. I really enjoyed Ritter's character, and I think that's probably because I have a predisposition to that liking that actor since he was in the first Mission Impossible, and he plays, again, a very similar role here. I liked the twists and turns, and I th- I like that I couldn't always predict where it was going, and it, you know it kept me it kept me interested, even though it was a long movie, it didn't feel like a long movie to me. I w- felt like I was very much captured by it, and I liked I I, I liked the political wheeling and dealing, and you know? I like also just loved seeing the technology of the era of you know the floppy disks and you know the yes or no delete keys yeah I, so i really enjoyed it and it, it took me on a ride
1: so anything else you guys want to talk about lance still does his care for elderly cats i assume oh
0: of
2: course
1: <laughs> or contact us if you're interested in that
0: thank you as always for listening but especially now on our 50th episode and thank you to lance for being our guest star on this 50th episode
2: Thank you guys so much for having me back. And the fact that it was your 50th makes it you know extra special. And you know, I hope maybe to come back on your, your 100th episode.
0: <laughs> Ooh, <now laughs> we'll probably have you back even sooner than that. <laughs> I look forward to it. Awesome. And thank you for joining us as always, especially on our 50th episodes. And thank Party you proud. all for listening for 50 episodes and hopefully for many, many more. Mm-hmm. And you can find us as always on Instagram, Twitter, and facebook on this under the spy fi guys and until next time i'm christian
1: and i'm zach
0: and we are the spy fi guys signing off
1: legalize it
0: thank you for listening to the spy fi guys if you enjoyed our podcast please be sure to give us a five-star rating on itunes The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
1: This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company or individual. You can
0: find our podcast on social media at the spyfi guys